Welcome. This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com, and this is The New World Next Week. So much developing and important news to get through this week, James, so let's jump right to it. And we'll preface a lot of what we're reporting for you this week as we come to you recording in the early morning hours, at least on the Western Hemisphere, of February 27th, as Russia puts military on high alert as Crimea protests leave one man dead. This coming from The Guardian, the Kremlin ordered major military exercises as concerns about unrest in Ukraine's Crimean Peninsula continue to grow and scuffles in the region left one person, again at the time of this reporting, dead. Russian President Vladimir Putin ordered an urgent drill of his country's armed forces in western Russia in what appeared to be a display of saber-rattling aimed at the new government in Kiev. The U.S. reacted in a strongly worded message with the Secretary of State, occult fraternity member, war crimes cover-up artist John Kerry, saying that any military intervention in Ukraine would be a quote-unquote grave mistake. James, the developing story, which is really only over an hour or so old as I come to you here, Armed men seize government headquarters and raise the Russian flag in Ukraine's Crimea. So, again, I don't have a whole lot to give you right now on that developing story, but it's all over RT and the BBC. And, of course, it'll take much longer to reach the Western media here, James. Uh, that's right, of course, as always. But uh, it is interesting to note at this point, all we know is that so far, uh, something like 50 or 60 um, people have stormed uh, the parliament building and, and taken it over for the time being. And this is developing. So undoubtedly, the story will be somewhere else by the time this video comes to you. But I think that the point here is that we can see the trajectory of what's happening right now. And um, it's interesting. It was less than 24 hours ago, I was on the line talking to William Engdahl about what's happening in Ukraine. And he was talking specifically about about how he see, foresees this developing into, a, a, at least potentially developing into a civil war type scenario where uh, Ukraine gets divided along the east-west um, between this the larger ethnic Russian population and linguistically Russian population in the east and then the western um, Ukrainian, ethnic Ukrainian population. Um, he, he was talking about that very scenario and then I hung up um, after talking to him, checked the news and lo and behold, uh, the Crimean um, co uh, conflicts between the two sides had already claimed one life. So I think we're starting to see the beginning. It's important not to just dismiss this as part and parcel of what's been happening in Ukraine. I think this is the beginning of an, the next stage of what's happening in Ukraine. And we are seeing the potential division of Ukraine right now. We are starting to see the uh, civil war type scenario that uh, that Engdahl was talking about coming to fruition, at least potentially. And so much of this, of course, depends on the way Russia reacts to this and to the way that the US NATO EU uh, bloc reacts to this and what they end up doing. For people who haven't checked out my conversation with William Engdahl, I hope they do so. It has a lot of uh, important information. And also just a couple of days ago, I was talking to uh, Paul Craig Roberts on this. That's also up on my website. I also talked to Michelle Chosodovsky briefly the other Day. That's not up on my website yet, but will be part of a background video, background or GRTV video I'm working on. So a lot more to say about what's happening in the Ukraine right now. And unfortunately, this looks like the beginnings of the potential division of the country. And a lot of links and a lot of related updates that we'll include in our posting. And of course, as always, all the sources cited will be linked for you to go do your own research for your for folks out there. Another interesting one, James, Russian warship docked in Havana without explanation. 
Meanwhile, it was speculated that the minute Sochi wrapped up that Russia would kind of flex its muscles and, and will include other links to stories Russia expanding its worldwide military presence, drilling ground troops at Ukraine's doorstep. And James, I fortunately, we lived up to our name, New World Next Week, over a month ago when right here we led the show asking the question, who is behind the Ukrainian riots? So having said that, and again, having given folks the caveat that so much of this is developing, we'll move to our second set of stories this week, James, which also features some bit of developing news and something that we've talked about over the last several years. And we even wrapped up last year by, I believe it was myself saying, I I thought 2013 was sort of the year of Bitcoin and Bitcoin story ceases to go away and we thank our friend on twitter at gj salisbury for covering this story and using hashtag new world next week bitcoin under threat as mount gox goes offline however the latest we can give you will come from dailydot.com that notes new exchange will put bitcoin regulation in the hands of wall street bankers reports of bitcoin's demise it would seem have been greatly exaggerated Amid accusations of gross incompetence and the theft of an absurd figure, one of the world's largest exchanges, Bitcoin exchanges, was sundered this week. For the most part, however, Bitcoin was able to recover its market cap, even though in some media remained hysterical, prophesying the end of times for this cryptocurrency. In this article on Daily Dot, it is noted, as someone says, if Gmail shut down, we wouldn't be... Claiming the end of email. So continuing, mere hours after the Japan-based Mt. Gox, G-O-X, seemingly vanished from the internet, a new exchange was unexpectedly announced. Second Market, an alternative online marketplace currently operating the world's largest Bitcoin investment vehicle, declared its intention to introduce a fully regulated Bitcoin trading hub. The decision to announce, according to founder and CEO Barry Silbert, was directly influenced by the turmoil surrounding Mt. Gox. James, the article goes on and it gets more into the nitty-gritty and developing situation of this Bitcoin situation. And again, we'll include a lot of related links as the price stays resilient, as it is make-or-break time. And again, just as we noted at the very beginning... The reports of the demise may have been greatly exaggerated, James. That is true. And uh, I think that there's a nuance to this story that we have to bring in here. And that's that basically the the Bitcoin true believers who are out there trying to stress this point, of course, Mt. Gox isn't the Bitcoin protocol. They're not one and the same. This isn't the end of Bitcoin. They are technically correct and factually wrong. And, And what I mean by that is to say that really at this point, we're starting to see the formation of two Bitcoins. Not in reality, not technically. There is not two different Bitcoin protocols or anything like that. But we have... The Bitcoin that the true believers and the early adopters and the people, the tech geeks and the people who've been on this since the beginning have always wanted, which is the, the and not anonymous, nothing online is really anonymous, but uh, you can make it more anonymous, uh, shall we say, and uh, decentralized and, and the, the cryptocurrency that can be used for agoristic purposes to, to get around government regulation, etc. And then there's the Bitcoin that is slowly starting to make its way into the mainstream narrative, which is being sold to the public. And this Mt. Gox 
issue. Of course, it doesn't affect the Bitcoin protocol overall, but it does affect the way that Bitcoin interfaces with the mainstream, the way that 99.9999 repeating percent of humanity is uh, understands Bitcoin is through the, the headlines they read and what they see in the newspaper. So yes, what happened to Mt. Gox isn't important in terms of Bitcoin itself, but it is important in terms of the public face of Bitcoin. And that is important because obviously we're seeing the, 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 the tentative steps towards Bitcoin becoming a currency that can actually be used in more and more places. I think that really what this is, is is kind of an existential crisis for Bitcoin. Does it want to be that mainstream currency that, uh, that as the Daily Dot article goes on to mention, and I hope people will read through this because there's some important information down, uh, down in the middle of that article about this second market exchange. Um, basically, this is going to be bringing in Wall Street regulation and, and uh, a FINRA-type board to try to make it all mainstream, respectable, etc., etc. They're going to pump in tens of millions of dollars to set this up. So Bitcoin will be fine and it will continue to thrive, but it will do so in a more regulated environment. And again, the early adopters and the tech geeks can get around that and they can store their own wallet on their hard drives and the, in cold storage. And people know how to do that if they're already involved in this. But I'm telling you, for the vast majority of humanity who have no idea what Bitcoin even is, they're not going to get on board unless and until it becomes mainstreamized. And I think that's kind of the undermining of the principles, which is what made it so such an attractive thing to people in the first place. And that's why we're seeing the hundreds and billions of other on, uh, cryptocurrencies springing up now and everything from, from Namecoin to Dogecoin to all of the other things, because uh, again, Bitcoin is not the only game in town anymore. So, uh, so it's an existential crisis. There's a lot to say about this. I'm going to obviously have to continue covering this in more detail. And uh, just for the Bitcoin true believers who want to throw rotten eggs at me because I dared to say something that doesn't sound 100% positive about Bitcoin, I am on your side. I do think that there needs to be this uh, type of complementary currency out there. I just think that there's uh, some some problems with the way this is developing. And what happens in the mainstream, I understand. We don't care, but it does affect the way that this actually functions in the real world. We could speculate, I, I think, a lot, James, about what exactly went down here and whether or not or how it exactly plays as almost a psychological operation to folks out there watching the nightly news. They're being reassured, don't worry, that crazy internet money isn't going to do anything. Just keep the, the green bills in your pocket. That's, that's speculation on my part. But we will include, again, links for more on this story and links to my own Media Monarchy as well as Cyberspace War archive of Bitcoin stories throughout the last few years. James, as we Sorry, move- just before we get off the topic, I should throw in an alt link as well to um, a discussion on Reddit that I think points out this schism that's taking place perfectly right now, where you have some people arguing that what we need is more transparency, more security, and then there's other people saying, well, that's exactly what Bitcoin was supposed to avoid in the first place. So I, I see the schism happening right now, and I'll throw in that link so people can read through that thread about it. All right. On that note, James, our, our third and final story this week, I think is a nice follow-up to our, our previous episode of New World Next Week. And again, hopefully at our best, we're, we're giving you the next week and next year kind of ideas and stories that you'll see, whether it's truth or whether it's prediction or reality or false, will all remain to be seen. The story we covered just a couple of weeks ago was the software that can predict the future. However, there's something a whole lot simpler that a lot of us are already using and that we've already discussed. 
Can Twitter prevent major events? A new study says yes. We get this from the fine folks at Red Ice Creations by way of Fast Company. Twitter is great for spoiling things like the Olympics, but can the social network's data-gathering ways be used to predict big, potentially world-shaking events like mass protests, for example? The short answer, according to a new study, is a resounding sometimes Nathan Callis, a Ph.D. student at MIT, analyzed thousands of tweets associated with the 2013 coup in Egypt and claims that the social unrest associated with it was, in fact, predictable ahead of time. For his research, Callis mined data from more than 300,000 public information sources, including New York Times, countless blogs, and, of course, social media to predict crowd behavior. Quote, with public information becoming widely accessible and shared on today's web, greater insights are possible into crowd actions by citizens and non-state actors such as large protests and cyber activism, end quote, he writes, which makes sense. If protesters in Egypt use social media to physically mobilize their efforts, something like Twitter could provide a hazy window into potential history. One major caveat of the numerous caveats we've offered in this episode 183 of New World Next Week, James, is that this study has the luxury of peering backwards into 2013. Twitter, as it stands, still has not been used to accurately predict an event in the future. James, interestingly enough and thankfully enough, this research from Nathan Callis is available, and you can read the PDF, and we'll include that link, predicting crowd behavior with big public data. And to see, and it's not just Twitter, we'll give you a story from Tech Dirt as well as the Chicago Police Department believes it can see the future and starts warning citizens on their heat list about crimes they might commit. James. Well, again, these are great snapshots of kind of the bigger theme that we've been talking about here. And I think this is just an example of the types of data streams that can be fed into something like that Ward Lab prediction um, software that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. And if Twitter alone can be predictive in certain respects, imagine Twitter plus Google searches, plus uh, all of these other social media and other feeds and other data streams that uh, that can be collected now um, relatively easily and centralized. And uh, if and when that happens, I mean, imagine the predictive value of that. So we've already seen the phenomenon, for example, Google says it can predict flu outbreaks, etc., just by the uh, search terms that it's receiving and, and geolocating those search terms. So we already know that this phenomenon exists, but it is good to be reminded of it and how powerful it is. And this goes back to the fundamental point that, again, there is so much data that is being put online these days that uh, that it really is becoming a reality that that sh at the very least short-term predictive ability of certain events is is really skyrocketing and i think longer term trends is also um is going up so i think it's important to understand that again the value of the data that you're putting into these systems even just from a, a dollars and cents perspective for the corporations that would love to be able to have this type of predictive ability for all sorts of different reasons let alone the ways that this can be used by governments and already is being used i have no doubt by darpa in the bowels of the pentagon to uh, to predict all of the various, uh, well, all of the ways that they can use this to predict riots and what, how much the public will take, et cetera, et cetera. So again, these are great snapshots of that greater point. James, in wrapping up this episode, I think it's interesting to note, just as we see all of these developing stories going on around the world, just as a, I think, an esoteric note, I, I found it really interesting that yesterday, February 26th and, and tomorrow, the 27th, respectively, was the... 20th anniversary of the passing of the legendary Bill Hicks, who we'll call Saint Hicks. 
and also the 21st anniversary on the 26th of the 93 bombing of the World Trade Center. And as the sun dawns on the 27th, it will be the anniversary of the Reichstag fire. So I think all of these things that we see, these events kind of swirling around, we should keep in the back of our minds as we're looking at the, the latest news. So in closing, we'll again remind you and implore you to use hashtag New World next week. Like our pre-mentioned at G.J. Salisbury, our good friend Brock West, but also other folks that are picking up the baton and using it at Citizens Gateway and at Daz Alt Theory and all the other folks out there using hashtag New World Next Week to submit stories. And again, this is why we do this, to share this information in an open source kind of way, James. Sure is. Well, I'm looking forward to next week. Thank you again for your time today, James. Thanks so much.